Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. about the light, the light has come. And um, I just want to read this little story to give you a background here. The birth of Jesus foretold, and we're in Luke 1, and we're starting at verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. I know you all know this story, but I want you to listen to it. You know the word of God is living and active. It's alive. So you might just go, oh, I've read this story a thousand times. Well, I want to tell you, every time you read it, something is going to pop out at you and say to you, hello, I'm alive, I'm active, and I'm still speaking. So don't read it like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a nativity scene. You know. No, this is the word of God. So, let, Amen? So I'm going to start again. In the sixth month, Sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You know, can you imagine if you, you had an angel come to you and say, Greetings, you who are highly favored of the Lord. The Lord is with you. But guess what? Jesus comes to you every morning. The Holy Spirit comes to you every morning and says that. Every morning, the Holy Spirit comes to you and says, Greeting, you who are highly favored of the Lord. And you go, Aah. you know, what was that? Like, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Maybe some of you feel like that in the morning. But, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with soon. Oh, this is terrible. This lighting. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name. No, don't turn up because then I freak out. It's too bright. I heard that before, Jesse, when you're in rehearsals. Yeah, Jesse was in rehearsals. She said, Can you just turn the spotters down a bit? It's a bit hot up here. I'm just doing a Julie. <laughs> I was in the prayer room trying to be spiritual. <laughs> okay, so 31. You'll be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He'll be great, and we call the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. The kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. Um, how will this be, Mary asked Andrew, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And another version says, may it be done to me according to your will. I love that. And then the angel left her. 
Mary visits Elizabeth. And at the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And this is the key verse that I want to bring tonight. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Blessed is she. Do you know that, that God speaks? God speaks. And he was speaking at the time that, the, that Jesus was to be born. And, and I wonder how many people were listening. I wonder who was listening. I wonder who. Who was tracking the prophecies that were leading up to it? I mean, there were so many scholars in that day that were studying the Word of God, that were studying the Torah, that were reading the Scriptures out loud, that were reading them out loud, and, and, they're, and they're saying the coming and the coming of Jesus. It was prophesied by, and we heard last week, by so many people. Isaiah, Isaiah 53 prophesied His coming. And yet they still didn't see him coming. They still didn't know the time of his coming. They still didn't recognize the time of his coming. But here's this little girl, and an angel comes to her, and she says, I believe. Let it be done to me according to your will. Do you know that inside of you there are prophetic words, there are dreams, there are visions, where the Holy Spirit at times in your life has overshadowed you and implanted things into your spirit? And you know, and, and you're pregnant with a promise, you're pregnant, you're impregnated with a promise, and you're carrying that promise around. And many of us, because it takes time, it takes the waiting for the appointed time for the vision to come to pass. We don't write the vision down, we don't stay with it, we don't read it, we don't declare it, we don't pray over it, we don't nurture it. And we just say, well, it's taking so long, it must never gonna be happening. It's, it must not gonna be happening. It's taken so long. And we allow the promise, we allow this birthing, this birth within us to, to die, to, to not grow, to diminish. We, we get prophecies that have been prophesied over us and we put them in old boxes with dust and we never read them and we never get them out. And we, just, and we wonder why we lose vision. We wonder why we lose hope. You see, and then, but then the Spirit of the Lord comes and the Spirit of the Lord reminds us, don't you remember I said? Don't you remember I said when I visited you in 1952 and I said da-da-da-da-da-da? You know, you're not dead yet. So if God said it back in 1952, then it's going to come to pass. The vision will come to pass. Amen. But you have to wait for the appointed time and you have to be like Mary. You have to be nurturing that. You have to, you know, I watched Jillian in her pregnancy uh, with this baby, you know, nurturing this baby. Why are you waiting for this baby to come? And, you know, and then they said to her, oh, you're going to have the baby, you need to have the baby at 38 weeks. It's a, it's, it's a larger baby than what you're used to. We'll induce you at 38 weeks. And so when 38 weeks came around and said, do you want to be induced? She said, no, Jess is getting engaged and um, she's having the party at my house. You can't induce me now. Um, I've got to get things ready. I've got things to do. <laughs> Jessie's so highly favoured of the Lord. And... Um, Anyway, so then she, you know, so she gets to the appointed time, the time of birth and everything like that. And they say, you know, do you want to be induced now? Oh, no. I, if I, well, then she goes to the doctor. She says, you have to induce me now because 
the, the, Jess's engagement dinner is next week, and now I have to have this baby, then I have to be able to breastfeed her for a week and get used to it, and then I have to set this whole thing. <laughs> anyway, so it was an unusual fulfillment of a birth, believe me. I'm like, up and she's going to have it, she's not going to have it, she's going to have it, she's not going to have it, and uh, for a couple of weeks. And then, so there we are, you know, and, and I'm, I'm there with Gillian, you know, she starts to go into labour, and she has long labours, and and so we're there for a long, long time. And, you know, in that time, a lot of mothers just go, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Can you take this baby out of me? Like, no, it's not happening. Can I just pretend it's not happening? Uh, you know, especially when you get to the last part of labor, you know, when the promise is about to be birthed is the time where you need to fight the most. You know, Jilly got every time, this is the third time I've helped her birth her babies, and every time she gets to that last part, that part where she's just about to give birth, and she goes, I want an epidural now! You know, now! And she holds it, she got Andrew's arm, she said, look at me, I'm serious! I want an epidural now! And, uh, and, and so, and I'm there. I'm like the Holy Spirit. I just go, you know... How about you just give it a couple more minutes? You know, I just got a feeling, no! And because then the midwife came in and said, oh, you're not, you're not quite ready yet. And she goes, see, I told you, I'm going to have you all now. And I just said, Andrew, we need to pray over this birth. We need to command this baby to come out. We need to command this cervix to open in Jesus' name. You can take authority over your dreams. And command them to come in Jesus' name. Pray into them. We don't just stand around and let fate take its course. And so, you know, Andrew and I began to pray in the name of Jesus. We command this baby. You know, that baby came out with three more two-minute contractions. That baby was out. In fact, the nurse went out to say, maybe we should get her every drill. We better talk to somebody. And I, I just sent Jamie out. I said, tell her the head's coming. <laughs> it's like, I'm there like, I can see her head quick. And um, it's coming. You know, sorry. I could be more descriptive, Ollie, but I know that how red you go. And uh, it could be like, you know, Rudolph the red-faced reindeer. If I go any further, he'll just glow the whole room up. Yeah. You know, it's those times, you know, and sometimes we have to wrestle over these things. You know, that when, when, this, we, when these promises within us that God has put there, we need to actually be ones that would say, blessed is she, blessed is he who has believed that what the Lord has said will be accomplished. It will be accomplished. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how broken you are. How, you know, how, if you think you've missed it or you have, you know, if God said, then God said. If God said, see, when he, when he has written it, you know, when Jesus was fighting with Satan and in, in the wilderness and he's in that place and he's waiting for the promise to be fulfilled and, 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 and he's trying to fight with that thing and Jesus is fighting Satan, you know, he didn't, he didn't just stand and say, well, well, this is going to happen, yeah. No, but what did he fight with? He says, it is written. 
What is that noise? Okay. That is a trumpet. And um, it's proclaiming the coming of the Lord, but it just needs tuning. <laughs> it's actually a dodgy pedal on the piano. But anyway, I thought, is Lisa turning into a mouse? Like, she... Anyway, we don't believe in reincarnation here. <laughs> you know, I love that that in the birth of Jesus, there was those wise men. You know, there was, and they called them wise men. Why do they call them wise men? They were waiting. They were watching. They were looking. They were anticipating. They were in expectation that something was going to happen. You know, how much do you think the enemy wants you to just sit back and not believe what God has said about you is going to come to pass? We have to be watching. We have to be waiting for the signs. You know, there was a sign. There was a star. They were waiting for the signs. Sometimes the signs are there and we can't even see them because we're, we're just so shut down with discouragement and despair and disappointment and whatever it is and say, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to me. And, you know, the star is there going, ding, ding, ding. How many people would have seen that star that night? And yet three wise men. And a few shepherds who saw an angel. You know, we need to be in expectation of what God is going to do with what he has put inside of us. I love, what was that first verse of that song that you sang tonight, Jamie, that one about unlocking key? You are There it is. You found my lock and turned your key and opened every dream in me. Wow. I couldn't believe that when Jamie sang those words tonight because she's saying, I don't know if these songs are going to fit with me. I I listened to that word. I went, what? And every time I hear that, I just put my hands on my belly. I say, unlock it. Unlock it, God. You know, you've got the key. You've got the key that unlocks what's inside of me. I mean, Jeff, I, I, you know... I know you went, Africa. may not be Africa, but I tell you what, buddy, this morning I, I actually saw you preaching. I saw you like doing, giving message or something, or I saw you behind this pulpit this morning in the spirit. And, you know, and I'm thinking, no, but he's shy and like he's quiet. And so is he. <laughs> I couldn't get a word out of him. Sometimes I wish he was still like that, but now I can't shut him up, you know. Like Katie's going to be saying, what have you done to him? I had a quiet husband, now he won't shut up. But no, there's something definitely there, buddy. And, and you know, you just need to keep stirring it up. Don't let it go to sleep again. You know, God, we do that, don't we? As human beings, I mean, all you have to do is read the Old Testament to know what our nature is like, what the nature of human beings is like. God comes, God speaks, we get all excited, la, 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 la. And, you know, oh, he's sending us manna. Oh, he's sending us manna from heaven. And unlike manna, and unlike manna. Oh, we want something else. Oh, he's sending us quail. He's sending us quail. Oh, I'm sick of this quail. You know, and we just go through these routines where, you know, God comes and God stirs something inside of us. And then we just go back to normal life. Someone prophesies over us. We get, you know, touched by God. We get impacted by God. And it stirs it up. You know that there are... And I keep saying this over and over again, but it's so true. There are prophetic signposts right through your life 
that if you actually did keep a track of them, if you actually did write the vision down and, and keep a track of it, because it says it awaits a point of time. Is that Habakkuk 3.3 or something? Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk 2. The, the vision awaits in a point of time. Write the vision down. The vision awaits a point of time so that those that read it may run with it. And, you know, I keep every prophetic word that's ever been spoken over my life or that God speaks directly to me, I write it down. I keep journals. I had a prophetic word spoken over us, you know, just about two months ago. And I have pasted it in my journal and written on it. And I read it. I regularly read it. I regularly read it. I was talking about us released, raising and releasing a Daniel generation in this church. And I regularly read it. And I watch for the signs. I watch for the signs. I mean, the signs are all over this place. I see Daniels everywhere here. The signs are everywhere. But I can just say, okay, that was a nice word. And I can see the Daniels everywhere, but if I never speak into that, if I never pray into that, if I never take a hold of that and bring it to fulfillment and bring it to birth and push through those childbirthing pains until that promise is fulfilled, if I never say, I believe what God said and I believe it's going to be accomplished, if I just let it lie and just that, you know, that thing just lies there dormant and God's in heaven and the angels are in heaven and they're going, come on, come on. Because do you know what? Sometimes God will give stuff to you that maybe he's never given to anybody else. Some, there's things that God wants you to do that other people aren't going to be able to do because it's your thing. It's, we are individually, uniquely, incredibly wonderful. And he gives us incredibly, uniquely wonderful things to do. And, and dreams and visions that no one else had. You might just say, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't do that because, you know, Jess, she's just amazing. She can do five things at once, which she can. But, you know, what about if someone came along and just went, Jess, you've got five things to do. What about if I, I had a dream that I could do one of those and I could do it better than you? Would you be jealous, Jessie? Yeah. <laughs> She'd go, come on. You know, she'd be going, come on. Because that's what the body of Christ is all about. It's about empowering each other with what is inside of us. And I love that because as Mary approached Elizabeth, as Mary approached Elizabeth, it, the, you see, you've got to understand this. You've got to understand this picture. She is carrying John the Baptist, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is carrying the prophetic forerunner of the coming of Jesus. She's carrying him in her womb. And this child is so ready to do what God is calling it to do that as Mary approaches her, the child leaps within her womb and Mary is filled with the whole, I mean, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to understand, they didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit then. Jesus hadn't come yet, remember? The Holy Spirit hadn't been released yet. The Holy Spirit was only given to prophets, to priests, and to kings. She's not a prophet, Elizabeth. She's got a prophet inside of her. But the anointing was so strong on his life inside her womb. The promise was so strong inside her womb that when it leapt within her, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, there's promises inside of you that need to come into connection with other people. They need to come in connection with people that recognize the promise in you. That need to come into connection with prophetic people, with people that see what's inside of you and call it into being. 
who would leap at the joy of who you are and what you are to bring on this earth. I remember when, when Rebecca walked into this church, you know, something inside me leapt inside of me, you know, and she'd been through a broken time. She'd been broken and she's come here and she's probably thinking, oh, like, you know, everything's finished for me. I'm all broken. And, you know, and I looked at her. I didn't see a broken person. I saw a, I saw a promise. I saw a dream. I saw a godly woman that was going to do great things for God. And, you know, and, and, and what was inside me leapt when she walked into the church. And so I don't look at her and go, oh, you're broken. I'll try and fix you. We'll see what we can do with you. Maybe we can mend you, put a few band-aids on you. I look in her eyes and I just go, yes, God, God is going to do it. Why? Why just is God going to do it in Rebecca's life? Because Rebecca is at his feet saying, let it be done to me according to your will. That's why it's going to happen. That's why I get excited. You know, I was, in, I was in the prayer room tonight and I'm listening to Doug play guitar and I'm just thinking, what the heck is that sound? Not that it was bad, it was good. And it was like... It was a sound that was hitting my spirit and I was nearly getting slain in the spirit in the prayer room through a guitar. And he's doing something. I was like, whoa. And it was just so beautiful because I could hear the promise. I could hear it. I could hear what I saw in Doug when he was just a young, shy boy just visiting in our church with not even knowing if he wanted to be part of this whole deal and we're all weirdos and everything. You remember, Doug? So shy and sweet, and they're dragging you along. Come on. I thought you were Nicola's boyfriend at first. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nicola, what are you doing? You know, can I have some water, please? And, and, and I just, this boy, you know, no one would think that this was inside him. He's shy, he's quiet. But what does he do? He says, let it be done to me according to your will. <laughs> And he has been like that ever since he came into this church. You need that done, I'll do it. You need that done, I'll do that. There's another guy that's visiting, isn't he? Is he here tonight, Tim? Is it Tim? Yeah, he's not here tonight, Tim. <laughs> I mean, he's not even saved. He'll tell you that. No, I'm not saved. I haven't worked it out yet. But he's learning the sound desk. Because he just says, oh, I can do that. And I want to be here. I want to hang around you guys. This is something special you got here. And I don't get it, but I'm going to get it one day probably. And I'm here. God loves open hearts, you know. He runs to open hearts. He loves it. Look at Matt, you know, like just coming alive in God in this place. You know, I, I see people developing and growing. I can't believe that word you had last week, Katie. Dust that thing off, you know, like... Get that voice out of that box and dust it off. It's in, it's in a box. It's, it's like in a nice little box. It's all dusty. And see, Ra didn't even know that you could sing, Katie. I thought that was so funny. Katie, by the way, is a singing teacher. And uh, she's a jazz singer. She's one of the most incredible vocalists you'd ever hear. She's got pitch perfect. She can teach harmony. She's amazing, right? but she's just insecure about singing in church. She'll go and sing jazz and kill it, but when she stands up here, she just feels like she's inadequate to bring something for God. Go figure. 
And then Ra, and we've been trying to encourage her, get up there, Katie, open your mouth. God will feel it. You're a worship leader. It's on you. It's on you. And then Ra, he doesn't even know her like that. And he just says, I don't know what it is, Katie, but I just feel something about your voice and something about you need to open your voice and you need to sing. I don't even know if you can sing. But anyway, I think you should. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going. <laughs> and it's like, it's like John the Baptist inside Ra going, oh, hang on. There's something leaping inside of me when I look at Katie and it, and it, and it lives. We've got to hang on to the promise. We've got to hang on to the prophecies. You know that, that, that when, when a child is in the womb, it's hidden. It's hidden, isn't it? I mean, you know, you, say to, you look at a mother, she know, you know that she's got a belly, but you, when, you know, when that baby comes out, and you, every time I'm overwhelmed when I look at that child, and I say, there's fingers, there's toes, look at the ears, you know, because you know it's being formed, but you can't see it being formed. And it says in Psalm 139, 15 to 16, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You think of that like a prophetic, you know, a, a a prophetic pregnancy that you've been the Holy Spirit has overshadowed you and implanted a prophetic destiny inside your life and it's in the secret place it's being woven together and fashioned by the master's hands in the very depths of your being you can't see it other people may not be able to see it unless they're prophetic you, you can't see it and but it's being formed and God is forming it. He's putting the things together. He says it's written in his book. Every day has been written in his book before they came to be. Therefore, he's forming that prophetic dream, that prophetic vision, those things that you are called to do and be and, and those words you're meant to say and those songs you're meant to sing and that person you're supposed to marry and those babies you're supposed to have and whatever it is, God is forming it inside of you and it's in the hidden place. And the thing is, the danger is that when it's in the hidden place and no one can see it, you can forget it's there. And, and I know one day Jessie's going to share her story and I don't want to blow that because it's an incredible story about her and Ev and about their whole journey and adventure. She's gonna, I'm going to let her share that one day and just blow your mind how God does this. But I remember about a year before Evan came along, and you know, and she's in her room, she's just going into depression and crying, and just, she's just so sad. And she's lost it. She's lost the dream. She's lost hope. She, is, she doesn't even realize she's pregnant anymore. And I go in there, I say, Jess, come on. She's going, it's never going to happen, Mom. I'm never going to meet him. I'm never going to meet the one. It's not going to happen, Mom. I can't see it. I just can't see it. I just can't go on. I can't go another day by myself. And it was just like, and I'm there, Jess, it's going to happen. It is written. God has said it's going to happen. God has said, God has said, God has said. And through a series of events, God spoke to her, which I won't share. I'll let her share that one day. And now, you know, last night we sat at her engagement dinner with our close family and her bridal party and celebrated them getting married in April. And it's here. And she is living the fulfillment of a promise that she decided to get out of bed, to get out of depression, 
and go after and believe in again and pray into. See, she got to that stage of that last final stage of labor and then went, I can't do this, get me an epidural. <laughs> she got to that stage and went, forget it. It's not happening. And that's the time when you've got to fight the most. You know, Rachel, I heard that you came into the office the other day and that, that you've got these incredible administration gifts and, and that you just nailed it. Katrina just went, oh my gosh, she remembers everything she does. She's awesome. And I just feel, because Katrina wants to go away for a month in January. And, um, you know, and, and she's saying, I can't leave for a whole month. She's never left for a whole month before. Katrina never leaves. Katrina's always working. She was working Friday night when, when Lynn was, you know, in hospital and going there, ringing, doing this, doing that on the phone to me last night. I mean, she's just amazing. She never goes home. But then she finds someone like Rachel that just goes, you know what? You need a holiday and I can do this. And it's just like she comes alive. Something comes alive inside of her. And I'm just so excited about you two, both of you. I just believe this is going to be a year that God's going to open up great things for you, great things. And Ryan, when I look at you, I just know, I just know how many times the enemy has tried to kill your dreams, has tried to destroy what's inside of you to do with young people. But I just know that it's alive, that it lives. And you've got to take that thing, you've got to take it, and you've got to fight for it with everything you've got inside. You've got to say, I'm not backing down anymore. You know, when I first met you, you know, I, you know people were saying that you were sad and you were going through things, but I saw, I saw a warrior. I saw a, a roaring lion inside of you, and you've got to let that lion roar, son. You've got to let it roar, because it's the time for mucking around is over. It's time for serious business, and there's serious business to do in the kingdom, and you're a serious kingdom businessman. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I've got dreams too. I've got dreams and visions inside of me. And, you know, you think, oh, Julie, you're living all your dreams. No, I'm nowhere near living the dreams that God has put in my heart. And, you know, and I think I'm getting older. Lord, you better hurry up if you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I mean, pretty soon, you know, I'll just be like, you know, with a walking stick, you know. I always said I'm going to die up here, by the way. You know, not that I want to distress my children, but... What I'm saying is that I, there's no retirement for me. Like, this is me until I go home to be with Jesus. Like, I'll be preaching like Smith Wigglesworth and just smile at you and bow out. I mean, I'm just going to do this till I die. But so God is not finished with me. I'm only in my 50s. How many years have I got to go? What am I going to do for the next 30 years or whatever I've got left on this earth. What am I going to do? Like, what can I accomplish? I'm not thinking about, oh, I'm going to buy the biggest caravan ever and get out of here with Phil and forget about all you guys and, you know, go and be a grey nomad. No way. I'm dying my hair. <laughs> I'm running the race to the end. Come on. Yes. And not one grey hair will be seen on this head. <laughs> and I'll buy a caram, but I ain't going to live in it. And, uh... 
You know, I think about my, my sister. My, my sister, one of my sisters um, had a broken marriage. Like, we're talking, I don't know, it must be 25 years ago, was it? At least, 25 years ago. 20 odd years ago, we'll say 20 odd. And you know, and, um, she, her marriage broke up and her husband left her with five little children. And you know, she, she's just raised her kids and she's believed God that God was going to bless her and provide for her someone all those years. And she's raised all the kids on her own. I mean, you guys know her and how hard she's worked to raise her five kids. She's got 11 grandchildren now, 11 grandchildren, and she's just turning 50. And um, she rang me up a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, and said, uh, guess what? And this girl's never dated, never dated anyone. She just said, I'm just waiting for the promise. And she'd given up. She said, okay, I'm just a grandmother now. This is my lot in life. I'm now. And she moves into this house, and there's this really nice Maltese Catholic guy who lives in the house next door, starts, they start having cups of tea together. And... Um, you know, then she's ringing up and she's going, I really like this guy. This is weird. I've never, she realized she'd never been in love in her whole life. Yeah, but she, she, she was married at 16. She had no idea what she was doing. And, uh, and she said, I like this guy. And then, you know, a month passes and she rings me up and she said, guess what? You know, he's asked me to go out with him. I don't know what to do. I said, say yes. <laughs> the clock is ticking. You know, and, um, and she goes, oh, I don't know. I said, Trisha, you deserve it. You deserve to be loved. You deserve for the promise. You deserve to be a woman. You're a mother. You're a grandmother. You've sown everything of your life. You deserve it. Anyway, so then she sends me a picture of a big chunky diamond ring. <laughs> and he proposed. I know. <laughs> and it's so cute. It's just so cute. It's the best news for me. She's just so beautiful. She deserves it so much. And I just love that. I love it. I love it. I think about the promises of my mother. You know that your promises that God has given you will keep being fulfilled even after you're dead. It said that, you know, about the great ones like Moses and Noah, all these people. It says even though they didn't see the promises, it was accredited to them as righteousness because they still believed. Even though they didn't see the fulfillment of the promises. And I know when my mom, you know, passed into eternity, she used to pray every day for the salvation of our family. Every day, every day, for every one of us that we would be saved. Every day. And, you know, and I was thinking about when I saw Joey walk out onto that altar and drop on her knees, I looked up to heaven and I said, Ma, it's still happening, Ma. It's still happening. They're still coming because of the prayers um, and the promises, when you hold on to something with everything you have, don't let it die. Can I encourage you tonight? Don't let the dream die. Don't think you're too old, you're over it, you're finished, you're too, you know, you've made too many mistakes, you've blown it too many times. I mean, oh, forget all that. You know, we talked about that grace, the grace, the grace that brings back innocence, the grace, the grace that heals our brokenness, the grace that gives us wings to fly again. The Holy Spirit gets under our wings. And that wind, what's that song? You are the wind beneath my wings. Anyway, and um, he gets under our wings. He causes us to fly, the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I want to remind you, I want to remind you tonight that the light has come. 
And the morning star is right here. He's just he's shining in this place, shining on your dreams, shining on your unfulfilled prophecies. The Holy Spirit is here. He's, he's, he's stirring up the future and the hope and the destiny that God planned inside you again. Blessed is she, blessed is he who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. You know, in verse 38, Mary says this, and I just think it's incredible. I am the Lord's servant. May be done to me as you have said. I am the Lord's servant. May be done to me as you have said. Why don't you close your eyes right now, right across this room. And I'm just going to ask the Lord to bring to your remembrance dreams, visions, prophecies. dusting off like old books some of them in boxes we hope you enjoyed listening to this message for more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us go to c3talgra.org.au we hope to see you at church soon